Um, in this series, we've been talking about, out of Getz's book, The Measure of a Man, those qualities um, that we can use to identify a godly man. What is a godly man? He's taken us through a number of attributes so far. We started off with a good reputation. And everything kind of follows that. Morally pure, balanced in words and actions, wise and humble, a good role model, unselfish and generous, able to teach, and today not addicted to wine. Which goes back to the trivia question. We're going to be talking about not being addicted to wine or addictions in general. We'll look at what the Bible teaches about other indulgences, about how those indulgences may impact our Christian witness, and then some action steps we can take at the end of that. Moderation in, in all things. And whenever my sister and I would get together, we like to say moderation in all things, including moderation. That was our excuse to go beyond the license we have and the freedom we have in Christ to overindulge. And that's just something that her and I would do from time to time when we were young professionals, um, when we uh, were new fathers and mothers, and we would get back together and just took that time to cut loose. And so the question today is, is that biblically sound? Is moderation biblical? King James <coughs> version of Philippians 4, 5 says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. It's interesting that the word epiakes, the Greek word that's translated moderation there, is translated also everywhere, anywhere else as patient or gentle. The NET translation said, says, let everyone see your gentleness. The ESV, let your reasonableness be known. This word has nothing to do with what we were doing in terms of enjoying all things in moderation, but it has everything to do with a Christian trait of gentleness. This chapter wrestles with this question that can be sticky in churches and, and whenever we get together as Christians and we talk about things like alcohol. Can a Christian, with Christ as Lord of my life, can I drink alcohol? Gene Getz uses this as a jumping off point to have the discussion about other addictions and we'll get there. But first, what does the Bible teach? Certainly drunkenness, drunkenness is condemned. Both in the Old Testament and New Testament we have warnings about being drunk. Proverbs 23.30 says, those who linger over wine, those who go looking for mixed wine, I'm sorry, wrong page, 23.20, says, do not spend time among drunkards, among those who eat too much meat, because drunkards and gluttons become impoverished. That's pretty clear. 23.29 asks some questions. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? And then it answers. Those who linger over wine, those who are looking for mixed wine, do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. Why? Afterward, it bites like a snake, 
is things like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things. Your mind will speak perverse things. And then in the New Testament, Paul has a few things to say about wine. And we'll get to a couple of them, but in terms of drunkenness, in Ephesians 5.15, do not get drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled by the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for each other in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the first point, getting drunk is simple. I mean, it's pretty plain. This is condemned in the Bible. Second point he's going to make is addictive behavior. Any addictive behavior is also sinful. Paul addresses addictive behavior when he talked about a profile for Christian maturity. He wrote to the Christians that all things are lawful, to the Corinthians and the Christians, that all things are lawful for me, but not everything is beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be controlled by anything. He was not approving of sinful behavior when he was going to the all things are lawful for me. He's repeating back to Corinthians arguments that he has been hearing. He's pointing out that things that are not inherently wrong, inherently sinful, can enslave us. He was using those arguments to and responding to them. All things are lawful for me, but not everything is beneficial. And that's what we need to be considering. Alcoholism is a significant problem in the United States. Um, and some people, in response to that, must seek total abstaining, abstention, total abstention from alcohol, which is right. But it, but the Bible doesn't teach that all Christians should not drink alcohol. Going along with this same thought process, what are the other addictive behaviors that can control us? Gambling. I'm afraid I won't say this out loud. Work. Exercise, food. And we also need to avoid being an obstacle to others. Being a stumbling block. Romans 14.21 says, It's good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. Now going back to the alcohol motif, children of alcoholics are more likely to become alcoholics. I believe it's some four times. I don't know the scientific basis behind that. But part of that may be genetics. Part of that may be an issue of modeling. And modeling is significant. And this is where Paul is going. He reminds us that we need to consider who is in our circle of influence before we take any action and avoid doing anything that is that we have freedom to do that will cause them to stumble in their faith, in their Christian walk. Taking it one step further, we're not to be an obstacle, but we're also not to judge one another in certain areas. Guest describes a time when two different parishioners came to him with the same question. They were looking for advice about drinking alcohol in front of their children. While drinking alcohol in moderation is not condemned in the Bible, 
The fear is that drinking in front of the children could normalize alcohol use and could lead to later problems for the children, and that is a valid concern. They both concluded that they should not be drinking in front of the children. One of them committed to total abstinence and the other did not. And they were both right. The one that did not just did not drink in front of his children in order to not be a stumbling block. Now some people may do one, some people may do the other, and they could both be right. Another concern in terms of judging one another is occasionally we may overindulge in one area and be the most vocal in pointing out overindulgences in other areas. I may be a glutton and start pointing out those alcoholics that I see at the bar that I see on Sunday morning also. Overindulgence in any area is sinful. So we need to heed Christ's warning about judging one another. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye but fail to see the beam of wood in your own? Remove what's in your own eye before you help your brother clear out the speck in his eye. So we've talked about eating, we've talked about drinking. What are the other indulgences? <coughs> Did I miss any up here? Sports? Could that be an overindulgence? Exercise? And we'll step on some toes. Can we be so committed to news and politics that it could be considered an overindulgence? And we need to look at these things in our lives. And number one, is it overindulgence where it's taking away from other things, or are we addicted to it, or are we possibly causing someone else to stumble? Smoking. You know, it's clear that the Holy Spirit resides in our body. Our body is a temple. Should we be doing anything that degrades the temple? Anything that is not healthy? Just some things to think about. And then, how do overindulgences affect our Christian witness? Do they hinder our Christian witness, or do they help our Christian witness? You know, abstaining from alcohol is good, as in the, those two cases that gets talked about already. But we don't need to announce it to the world in our workplace. They need to see our actions and know us by our actions. And taking it one step further, are, and I'll make this personal, am I the same person when I'm with you all here as I am with my wife and as I am with my coworkers? Do they know me as the same person? Our actions need to build our reputation. Going back to being above reproach, and we talked about that a number of weeks ago. Guess has an interesting story about when he was um, doing a Bible study prep in a bar, because he happened to be in a restaurant, that was the only place to sit, and he had his cup of coffee, he had his books open, and a couple behind him, he could hear him talking about, hey, this guy's, this guy's got his Bible in the bar. You know, is that okay? And his point was, yes, it was absolutely okay, because people need to see that we are Christians. Um, and he was drinking coffee and doing his sermon prep. Um, the Christian Motorcycle Association, they go to a lot of places that um, 
or Kanasidi, at least when I was in Alaska with them in, in Albuquerque, we went to some places I would not normally be found. But they had one rule, when you're wearing the colors, you can't drink alcohol. And there was a really good point for that. Because in witnessing to the people in that environment, we do not need to be caught up in the same stuff. We need to maintain who we are as Christians. And in this case, total abstinence was um, necessary. Many churches, I, I actually don't know about our church, many churches, deacons and elders, abstain from alcohol because they don't want to cross a line. They want to maintain that um, separation from anything that could be bad for our Christian witness. So what actions can we take? Now don't judge one another. We talked about that. We certainly need to be transparent in these groups, and if it's not this group, you need some guys in your life that you can talk about these things with in a very non-judgmental way. We are all flawed human beings. If you're not overindulging in one thing, you very well may be in another. And examine your life and don't be judgmental. Practice a higher principle, that is love and action for others. Paul's instruction to Timothy to use a little wine for health issues and then he gave instruction to the Romans that it is good not to drink wine if it causes your brother to stumble. It's not the behavior that Paul was concerned about. It was the associations that were causing problems for weak Christians. See, they were eating food and drinking wine that was associated with idols. And because they were weaker Christians, in their conscience, they were defiled. Because they thought they were defiled. So practice a higher principle, love and concern for others. And then be disciplined. We're never to partake of anything that harms our bodies, clouds our thinking, or brings us into bondage. It gets suggests certain steps you can take if you lack discipline in any area. So I just realized I have no clock up here. And I want to make sure I give you plenty of time. Be disciplined. First, isolate the problem. Identify the problem to yourself. The third step will be write it down. But I say, if you think you have an issue, write it down. Make sure you have that identified. And then discuss it with more mature brothers. Get their counsel. Is this really a problem? Or is it not? Get their input. If they agree that it's serious, ask them to pray regularly with you and for you. And then, step four, write out the problem statement and set specific goals. Review the goals throughout the day to remind yourself where you're trying to go. And then he suggests just develop a regular time to study, which we ought to be doing, but develop a regular time to study the word regarding this issue. Meditate and pray about the problem you've identified. If you haven't made progress, it's certainly good to seek pastoral or professional care. If we find ourselves addicted in any way. Remember, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Now, you may or may not agree with some of the points, particularly on the alcohol issue, the necessary to abstain or not abstain. I think we can all agree 
or not being a stumbling block to others. And that to be mature in Jesus Christ, we need to be above reproach in all aspects of our Christian lives, which simply means to have a good reputation. So let's go to some discussion questions. What aspects of this material do you particularly agree or disagree with and why? Do you have any personal experiences where you've wrestled with any of these teachings or guidelines? Secondly, how can we as brothers avoid rationalizing, engaging in behaviors that may be sinful? And what practical steps may we take to avoid using Christian liberty in ways that cause others to stumble? How can we be more transparent with each other and give one another permission to speak truth into our lives? I would add one more thing. In light of your discussion today at the table, before you leave, what can you do differently this week? So with that, Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet, a lamp to our path. Thank you that we can live in your light and walk in your truth. May the things that you reveal and the thoughts that we share today dwell in our hearts and stir us to action. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.